I don't know about you, but I get really excited when I see all these teenagers up here singing, playing the piano, speaking. If, if it has blessed you tonight, will you give me an amen here? Thank you, thank you. Listen, they have put a good amount of work into preparing for this, and it has blessed my soul. Even, even before the preaching, before anything like that, I've been blessed already. Um, I, for the longest time, I was able to do front, fri- front flips on a trampoline, okay? It wasn't that hard. Throwing my head forward, really not that difficult. But what I couldn't do was I couldn't do a backflip. There's just something about throwing your head backward and not really know, like you know it's behind you, but not being able to see it. It's just a little bit scary. But after a while, I was like, you know what? I'm sick of this. I'm sick of being scared of doing a backflip. I'm going out and I'm going to conquer this fear that I have. So my dad had just bought a, a basically a house and we had actually moved it to our house, our property. We had dug a big hole and we were going to build a basement and place this house on top of it. And so we had this outside of my house. We had this huge, I mean, it was a massive pile of sand because we're in Michigan. All we have is sand. So we had this huge pile of sand outside our house. And I was like, what better place to learn how to do a backflip than on a big pile of sand? I mean, you can't hurt yourself. And so every night after I got home from work, I would climb up this hill onto this pile of sand and I would practice my backflip. Now, it's, it's not easy it, it's easy to do, but it's a mind thing. It really is. So I get up there, and I'd be like, one, two, and I'd run around because I, I couldn't do it. and be like, all right, I'm going to do it this time. And I'd be like, one, two, and I couldn't do it, and I'd, I'd get angry with myself. And finally, I was like, you know what? This is silly. Mind over matter. I need to just conquer this. So I got up there, and I was like, one, two, Oh, man, I bailed again. And finally, after several hundred times, I think, of doing that, finally, I threw my head back, but I still bailed. I didn't fully commit. I kind of, like, did this sideways flip, and I ended up landing on my shoulder, and it hurt a whole lot. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to just keep going. And over and over and over again, I practiced this. And I'll tell you this. If you want to do a backflip, because I know many of you adults, this is something you've always wanted to do. And so you're like, okay, when I go home... I'm going to practice this. All you need is a step. You can, just, you can just do it off there, okay? But finally, I was like, you know what? I just need to conquer this. And when you fully commit to doing a backflip, it's actually much safer. Because I'll tell you this. If you go into the backflip and then halfway through, you're like, oh, what am I doing? And you bail, you're probably going to end up landing on your neck. But if you fully commit, the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to land on your knees. So finally, I learned how to do a backflip, and I, I gained like victory over this. Fully committing to a backflip, it isn't easy. But the results, the, the reward that you get from learning how to do it, it's, it's actually worth it. Fully committing to God is not easy. But the reward... And they searched out the land, and they came back. Ten were bad, two were good. Caleb was one of those good guys. And he brought back a good report. Even though there were ten people that said, listen, we cannot conquer this. He saw the challenges, but he knew the reward was going to be greater. He knew the God that he served was greater than those giants. He was fully committed 
to God's plan. If you would, take your Bibles, open to Numbers chapter 14. That's where we're going to be this evening. Numbers chapter 14. And let me just, let's listen to a few verses about what God says about this man, Caleb. And you will see, it is, it is an awesome, an awesome testimony, okay? Numbers chapter 14, look at verses 22 through 24. This is God, this is God talking here. He says, because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt, in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit in him, and have followed me fully, him will I bring up into the land wherein he went, and his seed shall possess it. Let me, let me read you a, a couple other verses about God talking about Caleb. Numbers 32, he said this, Surely none of the men which came out of Egypt from 20 years old and upward shall see the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me, save Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, and Joshua the son of Nun. They have wholly followed the Lord. And Deuteronomy 1, one more, here we go. Surely they shall not, none of these men of this evil generation, see that good land which I swear unto your fathers. Save Caleb the son of Jephunneh, he shall see it, and to him will I give the land that he hath trodden upon, and to his children, because he hath wholly followed the Lord. What an awesome testimony, an awesome epitaph for this man Caleb. From God, that he wholly followed the Lord. We're going to look at two questions this evening. Number one, what does it mean to follow the Lord fully as Caleb did? And how can we as Christians fully follow Christ today? Now there are a few couple key aspects. If, if you, if you here tonight want to, like Caleb, have this, have this testimony that you wholly followed the Lord, there are a few things that we must do. Number one, we must follow all our days. We must be faithful. If you want the testimony from God that you wholly, you fully followed him, you have to be faithful and follow him all your days. Caleb, he followed the Lord as a spy. He followed the Lord even though there were giants in the land, he wasn't discouraged. He followed the Lord after they went and spied out the land. For 40 years, pastors, he's been doing this um, lessons from the wilderness and we've been talking about different lessons we can learn. For 40 years, they were wandering in the wilderness. And throughout those 40 years, again, Caleb was faithful in serving God and pointing other people to God. He followed the Lord in Canaan for, for 45 years later. After they had wandered in the wilderness, they finally go into Canaan. And still, we find verses that speak of how Caleb was following God. There is this characteristic of faithfulness all over Caleb. No matter how much pressure, no matter the inconvenience, he followed God his whole life long. So my question to you is this. Do you want the testimony that Caleb had? If you do, you must be faithful in serving God. You have to follow God all your days. Young people, it starts for you right now. Paul said this to Timothy. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believer. 
Listen, following God doesn't start after you graduate from high school, after you go to college, once you go out on your own, then I'm going to serve God when I have to make my own decisions. No, you make your own decisions right now. In fact, I would say this. There is no, there is not a more important time to decide to follow God than right now. Listen, you can't change what you did in your past. And you know what? The future is way far away. But right now, you can make the decision to do what God wants you to do. Faithfulness, you don't picture it as this, this long thing that, you know, for years and years I have to be faithful. And it seems like this big daunting task. If you will be faithful in the moment, then those, those moments, they turn into minutes, into hours, into days, into years. And you can have the testimony like Caleb did. that He served God all his days. He was faithful. So young people, it starts for you right now. The decisions you make today will affect your future. Older people, this goes for you as well. Again, you can't change your past, but you can make the decision right now to be faithful. Paul wrote to Titus. He said this, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, and charity and patience. The aged women likewise, that they behave or that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, and to love their children. You know, we never stop obeying Christ. I talked to the young people this morning about David and how he was called by Saul to serve him. He was claimed by King Saul. And the truth is that all of us We've been claimed by Jesus Christ. Not only did he create us, so he owns us there, but he bought us with his blood. He owns us twice. He owns us doubly. So let us be faithful in serving him. It wasn't one act that, you know, that Caleb did that said, now he's, he's a faithful man. Now he's a man that wholly followed God. It wasn't because he came back and he gave a good report. It wasn't because he was probably willing to charge the walls of Jericho. It was because his whole life, he made the decision in the moment to follow God. To follow God with his whole life. We need to follow Jesus like Caleb followed God. We need to be faithful. Not only must we follow all our days, but we must follow with all of our being. We must follow with all of our heart. Caleb, the Bible says, God says that he followed him wholly. He followed him with all that he was. This reminds me of when Jesus was talking to um, the man about, he said, what must I do to be saved? What is the greatest commandment that we must do? And Jesus said this, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. We must follow with everything that we are. No reserves, nothing held back. If we go back to the example of my backflip, okay? If you fully commit to a backflip, honestly, you'll probably be pretty safe and you won't land and break your neck. The problem comes when you're only partially committed. When you get up in the air and decide, ah, oh, I don't think this is worth it, and you, and you bail in the air... Okay, I have this friend, his name was Josh King, and we went down to my sister's house, and she had a trampoline. Josh, he'd never done a backflip. We're like, Josh, you need to learn how to do a backflip. I do a backflip, you need to do a backflip. That's how this works, okay? So I was like, Josh, I will help you. Okay, there's something called spotting, 
where you put your hand on the person's back on the underside of their leg, and then when they jump, you can kind of flip them and help them out. So I was like, Josh, listen, you don't have to worry. I'll help you do this. So we were on a trampoline. I'm like, Josh, you ready? He's like, yeah, I'm ready. So I'm like, one, two, three. And Josh is a big guy. Okay, he works out, probably weighs 200 pounds. So he jumps up, and halfway in the air, he decides that he doesn't want to do a backflip anymore. So he's still kind of rotating. I'm trying to hold him up, but I can't hold him up. He's too heavy. And so he came down, and he literally came down right on his head. Luckily, we're on a trampoline. But I was like, Josh, that's not on me. That's on you because you bailed halfway through. When you are partially committed to something, generally, it's not going to work out in your favor. Too many Christians serve God with partial commitment. Think of Solomon. Okay, Solomon had hundreds of wives and concubines. And the Bible says that his wives turned his heart away from God. I mean, think of what Solomon did. Think of what he asked for. He asked God for wisdom to judge Israel. He built the temple for God. But because he was partially committed, he was only partially committed to God, his wives were able to turn his heart away from God. And so when we think of Solomon, we think, yeah, he did some good things, but we also think of his failures in his life. Another person we think of, um, Solomon, we think of Ananias and Sapphira. They were only partially committed to God. We have the story in Acts of when the church was growing, people were excited, people were selling their houses, their land, and they were giving everything they owned to the church. It was a great time. People were getting saved and everyone was excited. So these two people, Ananias and Sapphira, they decided they wanted to be looked upon as, you know, as a good person. This one guy, he had just given everything and he got praised for it. We want the same thing. So they sold their land, they sold their house, and they gave the money to the church, but they only gave some of it. They Honestly, listen, they may have gave, given most of it, but they said that they gave all. I mean, for you and I today, how many of us would be willing to sell every scrap that we have, everything we own, and give it to the church? How many of us would be willing to sell, you know, everything and give the church 50%, 25%? I don't think that any of us would say, yeah, sign me up. If you do, there's a sign-up sheet in the back, and you can go ahead and write your name down there, and we will definitely accept that. But the Ananias and Sapphira, they did a great thing. I mean, they, they sold everything they had, and they gave most of it to the church, but they lied about it. They were only partially committed. And because of that, God killed them. Because of their partial commitment. When we are partially committed to God, we cannot have this testimony that Caleb had of being wholly committed, wholly faithful. They were only partially committed. We need not follow in their example. To be partially committed in our jobs, our family, the pleasures that we have, they can divide our hearts from God. Caleb, there was nothing that he held back from God. He, led, he put everything on the table. And because of that, he had this great testimony. I don't know about you, but that's the testimony that I want. I want God to say to me, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want to have the testimony that I served God fully. But it starts with surrendering all of our time to being faithful to God. It starts with holding nothing back, to serving God with all of our heart. What about this? Let's pretend, let's pretend that you are in a courtroom, okay? You have been accused 
of not following God with your whole heart. Not following God with everything that you you are. Okay, so you're standing there in the courtroom. The judge is up there. The judge is God. And you're standing there, and you're trying to figure out how to prove your innocence. What, What would you have to prove? What evidence is there in your life to prove that you follow God wholly? Would the time you spend in God's word be evidence for you or against you? Would the shows and the movies that you watch be evidence for you or against you? Would the number of people that you demonstrate love to on a weekly basis, would that be evidence that you do serve God with everything that you are or that you're guilty of not serving God fully? Would the time you spend in prayer be evidence for you or against you? Would the patience you show to your children be evidence for you or against you? When we think about these things, and when I think of myself, and I, if I were to ask these questions to myself, I think, sadly, many times you would say, I'm not all there. I haven't, I haven't arrived yet. Thankfully, we serve a merciful God who is trying to help us grow. He who began a good work in you will complete it. Let us be people that don't hold any part of our lives back, but like Caleb, We give everything that we are to God. Caleb reserved nothing from God. He gave him his life and undivided devotion. And God wants us to do the same. To serve God wholly, like Caleb, we must not only be faithful, we must not only follow with all of our being, but we must also follow Jesus Christ despite the hazards. Caleb followed the Lord no matter what. Okay, he went out as a spy, he saw the land, he saw it was good, But Caleb, like the ten bad spies, he saw the walls of Jericho. He saw the children of Anakin there, the giants. He saw these these hazards that could definitely play a role in how Israel was going to conquest Canaan. But even though he saw all those things, even though he saw the hazards, he decided that he was willing to face the giants When he got back and he gave this good report, what did the people want to do to him and Joshua? They wanted to take stones and stone them for saying this. For saying, listen, we can take this land because we have God on our side. Because Caleb said that, the people wanted to stone him. But that didn't stop Caleb. He was willing to follow God despite the hazards. He was willing to take on a mountain full of giants... When he was old. I believe that he was 85. Turn over to Joshua chapter 14. Let's read this story because it is an awesome story to read. Joshua chapter 14. We see how Caleb, this is after they came into the land. And God had promised to give Caleb this inheritance for being faithful. And we see in Joshua chapter 14 verse 10 what Caleb's response is. Actually, you know what? Let's just, let's just read. Look at verse 7. This is Caleb talking. He says, Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. 
And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance, and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive as he said. These forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. He's 85. As yet, I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now. For war, both to go out and to come in. Now therefore, give me this mountain, whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If it so be that the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. What an awesome, an awesome testimony. This guy, Caleb, he's 85 years old. Okay, even back then, that was old. But he said, listen, if God will fight for me, I don't have to fear these giants, these walled cities. I can take them because I have God on my side. There are things in our life, whether it's financial, whether it's home life, whether it's troubles at, at, the, at your work, there are things that come upon us these hazards that come upon us. And we can be tempted to forget about God and to think that we can't handle it. It's too much pressure. But the truth is that we, like Caleb, can say, if the Lord will fight for me, I can take this mountain. There is nothing that we have come upon us that God has not allowed. There is nothing that you face in your life that God has not first allowed to come into your life. And we can look at that and we can smile. Even when, when hardships are coming, we can know that God is with me. I don't have to fear anything because I have God to fight for me. When we try to face it in our own strength, the truth is we will fail. But when, when we look at a problem and say, God, I put this in your hands. Deal with it how you want to. Let me learn the lesson you want me to learn. That's when we will come out victorious like Caleb. His trust was in God, not in himself. There were so many times that Caleb could have taken the easy road. When he came back, and he knew what the ten spies were going to say. They had talked about it. He knew that ten of them were going to say, listen, we can't do this. He knew the children of Israel. He knew that they were complainers, murmurers, that... They were pansies. They didn't like war. He knew probably what the response was going to be. He could have said, you know what? I'm just one guy. I can't make a difference. I'm just going to say what these other ten people are going to say. He could have done that. But it would have been going against God. He would not have this testimony as following God wholly. For you and I today, there are so many times we can take the easy road out. When we're at work and God puts it on our heart to, to witness to somebody, we can say, you know what, I'll, I'll, do it, I'll do it next week. And we can take the easy road out. We can start making excuses. We can start making excuses when it comes to dealing with your children, with dealing with problems at home or at work. But if we want this testimony that Caleb had of following God wholly, and we've got to deal with the hazards that come our way. We have to have the mindset that we will serve God no matter what the cost. It's easy to serve God when it's convenient. 
When Jesus was preaching and teaching, there were thousands of people that followed him. It was a great time. It was an easy time to follow Jesus Christ. It was an easy time to be a Christian because the crowds were doing it. And so many people, when Jesus was taken away, they changed their tune. When times got hard, they decided that it wasn't worth it anymore to follow. Think of Peter. Peter, one of the, one of the great disciples, a great apostle. When Jesus was taken to Caiaphas, Peter was out in the yard and the maid asked him, Hey, don't you follow Jesus? And what did he do? He, he denied. He took the easy road out. Let us not have that said about us. Let's be Christians that will follow Jesus Christ no matter what. Jesus said this, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Fully committed Christians rejoice when persecution comes. Why? Because they know that persecution will make them stronger. It will make them depend on Jesus Christ more. Fully committed Christians don't back away at challenges, at hazards. They face them knowing that God is going to help them. We had an activity on Friday night, and it was an airsoft activity. How many teens, how many teens got some welts in the airsoft activity? Okay, several if you look around, several even back in the sound room, a couple guys. I've got a lot of welts. At the end, I let all the teens shoot me in the back. Bad, I said, I said, teens, hey, I'll let you shoot me one time. We had like 15 teens that were there. I felt like 30 shots on my back, so they did not obey. I have welts all over. But we had a great time. But we started over at my house playing around in the woods, but then it got too dark. So we came over to the Harvest House, and there are so many obstacles and different side rooms. It's a great place to play airsoft. So we had this battle going on, and I was the ref, and so I was calling out. There were five seconds left, and it, it was the funniest thing that happened next. I said, five, four. And right then, Jake Knuth, he was on the other team, and one team was hunkered down in the back. And he's like, forget this. And all he had was a pistol. And there were people in the back room that had, like, semi-automatic guns and stuff like that. And he just charges in, just guns blazing, just boop, 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 shooting all around. And I think he got hit, like, ten times. He was fully committed, though. He just barged in with this room full of the enemy. He didn't care what was going to happen. There was five seconds left, and he was going all out. He was fully committed. And it was a painful, fully commitment, but he enjoyed it, I think. There are times in our life when there will be hazards, there will be pain. But as Christians, we need to be fully committed to Jesus Christ. Caleb's commitment to God is awesome. And I wish, I pray that I will have the same testimony that Caleb had. So how can we, practical time now, how can we as Christians be fully committed to God. How can we be committed to following the Lord fully? And it's by this. Keeping our eye and our trust in Jesus Christ. Keeping our eye on his plan, our trust in his power. Caleb's faith, it was in the Lord, not in himself. He was confident that he could take the land. He knew this because the Lord was with him. Turn back to Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14 
read a few verses that we've already read. But Caleb knew that God was with him. And because of that, he knew that he could be fully committed. Numbers chapter 14, starting in verse 6, it says this. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it us. A land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel ye not against the Lord. Neither fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. His eyes were not on himself, not confident in himself, but they were on Jesus Christ. They were on the Lord to give him the power. We need to keep our eye on Jesus Christ. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 say this. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, like Caleb, taking everything away that will keep us back from God, laying aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. When we get down, we go to Christ. When we get discouraged, we go to Christ. When we have hazards that come into our life, we go to Christ, trusting that his plan is better than our plan. To keep from sin and follow Jesus wholly, we must look to him for our strength. Let us follow the example of Caleb, who followed Jesus Christ, followed the Lord all of his days. He was faithful to follow with all of our heart, holding nothing back, and to follow despite the hazards. Will we, like Caleb, follow the Lord so that we may have a useful life in service to him? 603,550 men were not able to enter into Canaan. For one reason, because they didn't follow the Lord fully. Two men were able to enter into the promised land because of their decision to hold nothing back but to follow Christ fully. Will we follow like those 603,550 men or will we follow like Caleb, like Joshua, holding nothing back Yielding every single moment to God. Let us, let us have the testimony, like Caleb, that we followed the Lord wholly. Let's pray.